the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I got to focus on all these other things, all these other things I want to achieve, all these other things I want to accomplish, and Jesus kind of gets pushed to the back seat, and we get focused on all those other things. But in the Lord's economy, it's seek first the kingdom of God. Make God your first priority in life. The one thing I desire, the one thing that I will seek after, and then God gives you all those other things. He just does it. And you don't have to strive for it. Building a complete livable house is far too big a project for one person. It can be done, but it'll take a long time. And most likely, there will be several things not done correctly. Trying to live a righteous life in your own strength is an even more daunting, in fact, impossible task. You may be able to establish an upright life, but as Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, you can never achieve full righteousness on your own, and you don't need to. Jesus already has done the work for you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Zechariah 2. Zechariah gives many prophecies about Jesus Christ, uh, both his first coming and his second coming. Uh, Really, he's second only to Isaiah in the number of prophecies about Jesus Christ that he has. Uh, In chapters 1 through 8, Zechariah receives a series of eight visions. And the main point of these visions is to encourage that remnant of Jews that are back in Jerusalem working on the temple. Remember, only about 42 or 43,000 Jews returned from Babylon to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. The, the great majority of Jews chose to stay in Babylon. They assimilated into Babylon and the Babylonian culture, and they didn't want to leave. And so just this small number goes back to Jerusalem and begins the work on the temple And they faced a lot of challenges, they faced discouragement, they faced many struggles. And so these visions that Zechariah receives from the Lord, they're given to encourage the people doing the work. And they encourage the people because they show the people that God has a future plan for Jerusalem. God has a future plan for Israel. It may not look like it to them because things are such a mess in the, you know, in, in the city. And they're, they're just plodding along with this project. And so God gives these visions to show them that God has a plan. That God has a plan for Jerusalem. He's not finished with, with Israel. And, and that work that that remnant was doing was part of God's bigger plan. And so too with us. Whatever it is you're doing for the Lord, whatever it is I'm doing for the Lord, 
no matter how small or insignificant it may seem to us, even though it may challenge us at times, even though we may feel discouraged at times, we, we may feel like we're making uh, very little progress or very little difference in the world and the work that we're doing. But what we're doing for the Lord is part of God's bigger plan. And it's part of his eternal plan. And that's important to remember. It's part of God's eternal plan. Whatever you're doing for the Lord, it, it's, it's eternal. You know, if you're serving children in the children's ministry and you're trying to teach three-year-olds that Jesus loves them, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you've got all these little kids at home, if you're just meeting together with peers for Bible study and prayer, if you're just a prayer warrior and, and you pray continually for, for people and for the gospel, whatever it may be you're doing for the Lord, it has an eternal purpose and it has an eternal impact. It may not seem very significant to you, but it's significant. In First Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul said that he labored and toiled night and day so he could preach the gospel to them. He labored and toiled night and day so he could minister to the Thessalonians. And the Greek word that Paul used means hard, difficult, painful labor. But then Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? It is, is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Paul says his reward for all of his hard work will be seeing those believers he ministered to in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ one day in heaven. That's the reward. That's the touchdown, right? And again, whatever small thing you're doing, whatever you're laboring and toiling in, that's going to be the reward that day when you're with Jesus Christ and you see your kids there with you or you see those people that you're ministering to now in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. Through these visions that God gave Zechariah, he, he's showing the remnant of the Jews laboring for, in the temple, laboring on the temple, that, that God is not finished with Jerusalem. He's not finished with Israel. He's not finished with the Jewish people. He has a future plan for them. And it's a plan for good and their labor and their toil is part of God's bigger plan. Now, here in chapter two, where we pick it up, Zechariah receives his third vision. In chapter one, he had the vision of the man on horseback among the myrtle trees. And then the second vision of the four horns. And now Zechariah receives his third vision from the Lord. And, and listen, before we get into chapters two and three, the, the dialogue in chapter uh, two and in chapter three, the dialogue can be a little difficult to, to follow. At times, it's difficult to know who exactly is speaking. Uh, in these chapters, you're going to see that you have, you know, angels mentioned and you're going to think, well, which angel is that? Is that the angel they just mentioned or is this a different angel? Uh, the Lord is mentioned, Jehovah. Uh, sometimes he's called the Lord of hosts. And you have the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus Christ. We talked about that last week. And then on top of all of that, not only trying to keep all these different uh, players straight, on top of all of that, you have the Lord of hosts commanding the Lord Jehovah to do things. And the Lord Jehovah obeys the Lord of hosts. And how can the Lord of hosts command the Lord Jehovah? And why does the Lord Jehovah obey the Lord of hosts? And the, the Jewish rabbis, they don't know what to do with this. For us, because we believe in the triune nature of God, because we, we understand that God is a trinity, that he's a father, he's the father, son, and Holy Spirit, we understand that God is three persons in one, we, we know that God can 
speak to himself in this way within the Godhead. And so you actually see the Godhead interacting with himself in these chapters. So verse one, chapter two, verse one, the third vision. Then I raised my eyes and looked and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. And in this this third vision, he sees a man with a measuring line or a tape measure. And we aren't told who this man is. Uh, A measuring line was used to survey a plot of land to build something. So he sees this man with with a measuring line, a measuring tape. And so I said, where are you going? (laughs) I love this. Zechariah interacts with the man in his vision, saying, where are you going? If you or I had this vision, we would be stunned. We wouldn't say anything other than, is that a vision? Am I having a vision right now? But Zechariah says, where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem and to see what its width and what its length is. And there was the angel who talked with me. That seems to be the angel from chapter one. And he was going out. Doesn't tell us where he's going out from. And another angel was coming out to meet him who said to him, run, speak to this young man. That's Zechariah. Speak to this young man saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. And so this this one angel told the other angel to go tell Zechariah, run and speak to this young man. Now, the the word there, the Hebrew word for young man, it it can also mean a a, a boy. So Zechariah is very young. He's maybe a teenager. Here he's he's a young man. He's maybe a teenager. and And the Lord used him and the Lord spoke through him. If you're young, God can still use you. You don't have to wait till you're older. You know, first, uh, first Timothy chapter four, verse 12 says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers and word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. God's speaking through a young man to the whole nation. God can speak through you if you're young. You know, right now we have about 80 to 90 youth at a youth conference up in Philadelphia uh, for the next few days. So keep keep them in prayer. They'll be up there till Saturday. Now, at this point, the city of Jerusalem is destroyed and it's been in ruins for decades. But but here the Lord says, not only will Jerusalem be rebuilt, it shall overflow with people and livestock. The city of Jerusalem will prosper like like never before. And, And here the Lord is looking ahead actually to the kingdom age. After Jesus Christ returns to the earth and establishes his kingdom on the earth, he will rule the earth from the city of Jerusalem. And he, he, he describes Jerusalem at that time. It will be a town without walls. Now, a town without walls was usually a bad thing because a town without walls is vulnerable to attack. It's defenseless. And by the way, in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says a person who lacks self-control is like a city without walls. A person who lacks self-control is like a city without walls. A person who lacks self-control can be overtaken by anything and everything that comes along their way. And, and how, do we, how do we get self-control? The Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. 
We recently launched an app for our church, and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. By being filled with the Spirit and yielded to the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will give us self-control. Jerusalem will be a city with, without walls, which sounds like a bad thing, but look at verse 5. For I, says the Lord, all capital letters, Jehovah, will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. The Lord Jehovah will be the wall around Jerusalem. He will be a wall of fire around the city. Again, this is looking ahead to the kingdom age. Jerusalem's security will not come from her walls that she builds, but from the Lord. Uh, In Psalm 48, if you're taking notes, Psalm 48, verses 12 to 14, There the psalmist says, walk about Zion and go all around her, count her towers, mark well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that you may tell it to the generation following, for this is God, our God forever and ever. The psalmist says, go walk around the city of Jerusalem, look at the wall, and and he says, God is our wall. Like the wall around this city, God is our wall, God is our protection, God is our security. It's not a wall made by hands. This is why, listen, this is why they are rebuilding the temple and not the walls. This is why the rebuilding of the temple is the priority and not the rebuilding of the walls of the city. If you remember, they started building the temple without walls around the city. And human reason says you build the walls first. From just a a human, you know, perspective, you would build the walls first because you're vulnerable to attack. So the walls should be the first priority before you start anything else. You need to secure the city by building some walls. But God is their security. God is their protection. God will be their walls. So they start by building a house for God to dwell in their midst. Now, the Bible says that we should always seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things will be added to us by him. We should always make Christ preeminent in our lives, always make Jesus Christ the first priority in our lives. Some people uh, will prioritize other things in life ahead of their relationship with Jesus Christ, and they think that those other things are more important or more urgent or more pressing, and they think once I have those things built up, once I have those things in place, then I can focus my attention on Jesus Christ. But we should have it the other way around. Prioritize your relationship with Jesus Christ first, ahead of all the other things. This is how this is how God's economy works. You think about David. David in the Old Testament, he's he's called the Psalmist of Israel. Uh, he was the giant killer, killed Goliath. He was a war hero. He was the greatest military general and strategist. He was the greatest king. And leader in Israel's history, he led the nation into a time of great peace 
and prosperity. But in Psalm 27, listen, Psalm 27, verse 4, listen to what David writes. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The one thing that David sought in his life was intimacy and closeness with the Lord. He didn't seek to be a giant killer. He didn't seek to be a psalmist. He didn't seek to be a great king or a war hero or anything else. The one thing that he sought and the only thing that he sought was the Lord. His relationship with the Lord was his one focus. And the Lord made him all those other things. And again, we, we tend to flip that and think, well, I, I got to focus on all these other things, all these other things I want to achieve, all these other things I want to accomplish. And Jesus kind of gets pushed to the back seat and we get focused on all those other things. But in the Lord's economy, it's seek first the kingdom of God. Make God your first priority in life. The one thing I desire, the one thing that I will seek after. And then God gives you all those other things. He just does it. And you don't have to strive for it. So here the priority was rebuilding the house of the Lord so that the Lord could dwell in their midst and be the wall around them. And look what the Lord says. He also says, I will be the glory in her midst. Now, back in Ezekiel chapters 10 and 11, before the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians, the glory of the Lord departed from Jerusalem. God's presence left the city because of their rebellion and because of their sin. But here the Lord promises his glory will return to Jerusalem. I'm sure that was encouraging to those that were laboring to build this temple. I'm sure they may have thought, is is this even going to be worth it? I mean, what if we do all this work and God doesn't even show up? And here the Lord promises his glory will be in the midst. So verse six says, up, up. Flee from the land of the north, says the Lord, for I have spread you abroad like the four winds of heaven, says the Lord. Up, Zion, escape you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. Now, as I said a few minutes ago, most of the Jewish people decided to stay in Babylon. They assimilated into Babylon and the Babylonian culture. They liked the comforts of Babylon. They liked the pleasures of Babylon, and they weren't interested in leaving. They weren't interested in making that long journey back to Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple. And but here God calls those Jews that are still dwelling in Babylon to flee from Babylon and return to Jerusalem. He says, up, up, flee from the land of the north. That's Babylon. Escape you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. The the Jewish people who were dwelling in Babylon, they had the choice. They had the free will to stay in Babylon. But God's plan was not in Babylon. God's plan was in Jerusalem. God would do a work in Jerusalem. God's future was in Jerusalem, not Babylon. But I like Babylon. I'm comfortable here in Babylon. I've made a lot of friends here in Babylon. Babylon has a lot to offer. There's wonderful restaurants here in Babylon. Life is easier here in Babylon. Living in Jerusalem will be hard. The work will be difficult. But God's plan for God's people is in Jerusalem. It's not in Babylon. And yes, it will be tougher living in Jerusalem, but you'll have an experience with God there that you're never going to have in Babylon. You know, Henry Blackaby said, watch to see where God is working and join him in his work. 
God is working in Jerusalem. He's not working in Babylon. And, you know, God gives us the choice. He gives us the free will to be part of his work or, or not. He's not going to force us. He kind of gives us, gives us the choice. It's, it's, it's up to us if we want to join into what he's doing or miss it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what God's doing, even if it's harder, even if it's less comfortable. I, I, I want to have the, the experience of seeing God work and seeing God on the move. And besides that, look at verse eight, verse eight. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plundered you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. For surely I will shake my hand against them and they shall become spoil for their servants. Then you will know the Lord of hosts has sent me. God will judge Babylon for their mistreatment of the Jewish people. God is going to turn the tables on Babylon. And so the Jews that are living there, they need to get while the getting's good. They need to get out of there. And notice in verse 8, it says, the Lord of hosts is speaking. Back in verse 6, it was the Lord speaking. It it seems they're used interchangeably here. In verse 8, the Lord of hosts says, he who touches you touches the apple of my eye, speaking of the Jewish people. The Jewish people are the apple of God's eye. The apple of the eye is the pupil. And what is he saying here? He's saying mistreating the Jewish people is like poking God in the eye. And you're going to get a response from him. (laughs) You poke him in the eye. No, Matthew chapter 25 in the New Testament. Matthew 25, Jesus tells us the nations will be judged on the basis of their treatment of the Jewish people. And as much as you did this to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it. To me, Babylon poked God in the eye when they messed with the Jewish people. So God's going to bring judgment upon them. So he's saying to the Jews that are still in that nation, get up, flee, come to Jerusalem. You need to get out of Babylon. It's kind of like a lot with Sodom and Gomorrah, right? You need, you need to get up and get out of there before God brings his judgment down. Verse 10 says, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Again, capital letters, L-O-R-D, says Jehovah. And, and, and the Lord, again, he says this to that, that ragtag remnant that's there in Jerusalem trying to rebuild this temple, trying to get this building project, project completed. Sing, rejoice, celebrate, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Jehovah is coming. Jehovah will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. The work that you're doing is important. It may seem small. It may seem insignificant. You may feel like you're just plodding along and making no headway. But God is coming. Jehovah is coming. He's going to dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Again, this is looking ahead to the kingdom age when Jesus Christ returns to Jerusalem. And he dwells in the midst of Jerusalem. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 11 says, Many nations shall be joined to the Lord, Jehovah, in that day, referring to the kingdom age, and they shall become my people, all these Gentile nations, and I will dwell in your midst. He repeats it again. He really wants them to know he's coming, he's going to dwell in their midst then you will know that the Lord of hosts 
has sent me to you. The, the governments of the earth will be upon his shoulder, we're told in Isaiah chapter 9. And Jesus will rule as king of kings over all the nations. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah. And he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.